B500, get into the wild card. 86 got the Phillies all the way to the World Series. I hate to break it to you, man. I don't think it was your vision. <laughs> this podcast is perfectly named, I would say. I hate to make excuses for Sandy and the rest of the people. No, you don't. You've been doing it all year. You do. I do hate it. I'm just going to say it. fucking hitting bombs to fucking Diocho. Like, eject that into my face. If that continues, there's no way we make the playoffs. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 19 of the Battered Marlins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada, and alongside me, I have three other Battered Marlins fans. At least I, I believe all three of us are, are Battered fans. Uh, we have Spaz, as usual, Mr. Cali Urutia. Man, I'm sorry. I was wow, you butchered last. that. that I, 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 I know. I, I was working up to, to the last one. I'm sorry. And a special guest, Mr. Craig Mish. How are you guys doing? Well, let me start off with our guest. How are you doing, Mr. Craig Mish? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me and appreciate you guys doing the podcast and looking forward to chopping it up a little bit as we get ready for a big weekend. Big weekend. Callie, how you doing? You making it out to the ballpark this weekend? I am doing everything in my power to make it to the ballpark. I have a daughter, a two-year-old daughter in severe sleep regression right now. So lifetime, everything is just doesn't make sense. It's all a blur right now, but I'm surviving. <laughs> and Spaz, I'm sure you're going to be out there. You got season tickets. Yeah, and no kids. Yeah, and no kids. And no kids. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's a lot going on. It's probably going to be Sunday if it if it happens. Going to be Sunday. Uh, I got Inter Miami game tomorrow. The Premier League comes back, uh, you know, tomorrow, and then we got Arsenal on Saturday. So uh, it's probably going to be Sunday uh, to head out there. All right, so we're all excited. Uh, Yankees are in town, so that's always fun. Celebrating. I'm assuming they're finally going to celebrate the 20 year anniversary of beating the Yankees in the World Series in 2003. So that should be fun, also. A lot of old faces at the stadium. But talking about recent stuff, I wanted to bring it over to you, Craig. The Marlins, they are four games over 500 at this point. And if I would have told you after the trade deadline, we go all in, not all in, but we do a pretty good job, get some bats. We're four games over 500, 106 games into the season. I'm assuming you take it, but now when you look back at the way we got here, are you happy or disappointed at where we're at right now in the season? I think the record is pretty representative of where it really should be right now. I think that at some point this season, they were 14 games over and, uh, you know, they had a lot of very fortunate wins, actually very similar to the last couple of games against Cincinnati. So I mean, those sort of things are not sustainable. You're not going to be losing every game by a run or two or three and come back in the late innings to win like they did against the Reds. But in the first half of the season, guys, I mean, they had a crazy win against the White Sox where they were down 5 nothing. They had an insane win against the Braves. They were down a ton of runs. They were down against the Angels. The catcher on the Angels forgot to touch home plate on a double play. And then Moniak <laughs> tries to catch the ball like this. It goes off to his glove. Um so many uh, Gary Sanchez for the Padres. All he has to do is cover home plate. They get Gurriel at home. He forgets Gurriel scores. They win the game. Jordan Hicks throws the ball over the guy's head. Like they had some crazy wins. And, and I think that probably optimistically, if you said like, should they be seven or eight games over? Yeah. I mean, I could see that, you know, with, with some good luck and some bad luck, but th they were very fortunate to be 14 games over. Uh, they, they did fare well against Arizona in the first half. They went four and two against them. They played even with the Cubs. They beat the angels on the road. They beat the Red Sox on the road. But really when you look at it too, you know, they, 
went 3-0 against Oakland. They went 3-0 against Kansas City. They went 6-0 against Washington. That's 12 wins against bad teams. They beat all the bad teams. And it's funny that people always said, oh, they struggle to beat the bad teams. This is never the struggle for the Marlins. The struggle is beating the good teams, and that's what they're going to have to do in the month of August with the Yankees and the Astros and the Dodgers and all those other good uh, good teams too. So to summarize, I think that this is probably where they should be. And my guess is at the end of the season, they're going to battle it out for that third wild card spot, probably most likely with the Cubs. It feels like they're going to have to beat the Cubs out again. <laughs> we're always fighting the Cubs, 2020, 2003. It feels like we are here again, having to beat the Cubs out to make the postseason. I um, do you think that we that the Marlins did well by going in on because we're never buyers at the trade deadline, right? And then th that was a debate here on the show: should we go in and be buyers, or should we kind of write it out and kind of wait for next season? Now they went in and they got Josh Bell, they got Berger, they got an arm. Do you think they did well trying to go all in this year, or should they have just kind of held back and waited till next year? Well, I mean, look, it, it remains to be seen, but you don't get to be in this position a lot. And as we've seen in the last 20 years, they've been in this position maybe two or three times. I think the last time they really were in this position, they uh, they traded for Andrew Kashner, I think, from San Diego. <laughs> it was just a total disaster. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Rodney, right? That was the other guy they got. It was, it was going back a few years. So, you know, if you're in this position, you have to try. But they also got players for next year. Bell's under contract for next year. Burger's under contract for several years. You know, the Robertson trade, look, that may hurt. We don't know what those kids are going to be. And Robertson will be gone in two years and they probably won't – or two months, sorry. And they probably won't re-sign him. So that's the one that we're going to have to wait and quantify later on down the road. But I think it was a little bit of a combination. They didn't quite go all in. If they went all in, guys, I, I think it would have been getting a starting pitcher too. Like that would have been the thing that really pushed them over. But you know, they, they really didn't have any more to give up when when – MLB Pipeline and Baseball America and Fangraphs, and when they when they released the, the top 30 prospects in Major League Baseball in terms of teams 1 through 30, after right. trading Eater and trading Watson and trading those two kids to the Mets, I'm sorry to say, the Marlins may be 29th or 30th in all of Major League Baseball prospects. They just didn't have any more to give up. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess on that note, we're were or even if you're able to speak on this, were there any trades that were kind of in the process that just didn't materialize at the end there towards the deadline? Yeah, I mean they, they had talked about trying to acquire Candelario. Uh, you know the Cubs wanted you know quite a bit. Uh, you know Jake Eater was one of the names that would have went to the White Sox in return for uh, for Lance Lynn and either Kelly or another relief pitcher too. So they they talked about doing a lot of different things, but in the end, this really truly did come down to six o'clock Eastern on trade deadline day in order to make that trade for bell. And, uh, you know, and, and so, and, and with that trade with San Diego. So I, I think they plan for a lot of things, but then you can't plan when it comes right down to the end. And there's some other names that have been out there reported, you know, the Yankees, they talked about maybe getting Torres and um, you know, some other things too. But I think the most serious things that we've talked about, it, it, they ended up doing, with maybe the exception of the starting pitcher where I know they would have liked Lorenzen. They would have liked to get Lance Lynn too, but you know, the, the costs, they just did not see the cost being worth it. And had they got Lance Lynn, they wouldn't have got burger because eater would have been the one that was going in that deal yeah. as well. So talking about some pitching um, regarding Cabrera, do we think he's 
do they plan to have him as part of the future rotation or do you think that's going to be an asset come the winter uh, window uh, to maybe trade off or something like that? Yeah, I mean, look, they, I think they're probably going to have to hope that he can come back at some point this season so they could showcase him a little bit. But it's it's been rocky with him, uh, no doubt. And and the other part of this, too, is we're, we're headed to uncharted territory where Yuri Perez, even with him being back, he's still going to have to get shut down at some point in September again. Like, he's going to hit his innings limit at some point. Lazardo's over his innings for his career. He'll try to make it to the end. Garrett's over his innings for his career. He'll try to make it to the end. Uh, my guess is they may have to count on Edward Cabrera the last week or two of the year to come through and pitch. And remember Johnny Cueto, I, I think regardless of what he does the rest of the year, my guess is they'll just buy him out and let him go. Uh, at the end, I don't think they're going to go down this road again and try that again next year. So, um, you know, the, the big question will be between, I would say Edward Cabrera and Trevor Rogers, probably one comes back and one doesn't. They have Max Meyer waiting in the wings, too. So I, I would guess one of those two would be a movable asset in the offseason. I have a question. One of our co-hosts isn't here today, uh, Branton. He has a, quite the obsession with Monteverde. Now, is there any chance we see Monteverde up in the big leagues this year? Maybe the last week of the season. It just If they're in the mix, I don't think so. But it, But it could come down to... Remember, they can add guys to the roster. They can add, they have 28 guys in September. So, look, at that point, the conversation is there. As a Marlins fan, you have to hope that you don't see him because that would mean that they're out of it. But if they stay in it to the end, then I think that the team you see is the team that they'll have. If not, uh, I, I honestly, if they were to fall out of it, guys, like the last week of the season, for some reason, I'm just speculating, like let's say they go into the last week and they're not in it for some reason oh, I think you could see all these minor leaguers coming up and they, they will shut down Lazardo, they will shut down Garrett, they'll shut down everybody at that point because there'll be no need to stretch them to the end. Sandy's the one guarantee, I would say, that'll go the distance this year. Um, Craig, um, I've been following this club since its inception. I, I went to the game. I went. I, there's pictures of me as a child with my dad in 93 at, at then Joe Robbie Stadium. Um, this is a team that's broken my heart a lot over the last 30 years. And also I've seen some great triumph this year is one of the first years in, in pretty recent memory that I have hope that I have this feeling that, man, we, we can, we can do something. So two sided question. Is it, is, is the postseason a real possibility? Like, do you think this is a club that can, that can really come together and actually get into the postseason? And the second part of that question is, do I need therapy and do I need help? <laughs> therapy i can't answer the guys probably can a little bit better i mean you're talking to two guys from hialeah and west kendall and one with a raleigh fingers mustache so i think you're good <laughs> out of the three. you know i think you're good um so to, to answer the question i think they have a chance at the postseason fan graphs has them somewhere around 40 percent so it's it's like a 50 50 shot I, I mean san diego does seem to be falling out of it so i mean to, to uh, for some reason there's you know most of these sites still think san diego is in this thing just because the talent that they have i don't see it at this point i i think that the philadelphia phillies are a better team than the marlins i do not think they're going to catch them i don't think the giants are better but they play better i mean i don't i can't figure them out but every year they play better and if the padres were to fall out of it you look at the giant schedule they play the padres they play the rockies and then on top of it, the, the the task is the Cubs. I mean, it is. I know the Cubs just lost two to three to the Mets, 
but the Cubs schedule is very easy the rest of the way. So if the Cubs take care of their business, they could edge the Marlins. And, and I think we'll have a much clearer answer of this after they get out of August. Cause regardless of what you think about the Yankees is still the Yankees. So three against them and then games against Houston games against the Dodgers twice, Milwaukee, San Diego, the Braves again, like it's at the Tampa Bay. Uh, Miami schedule is one of the toughest in the big league. So if they get to September and they're still in it, I give them a chance. But the unfortunate part I would say is they, they, they still, let's be clear. They still control their own destiny now, but if they were eight or nine games over right now, you'd be feeling much better about the situation just because I, I do, I do feel like they're going to fall back even a little bit with, with all these tough teams that they play. I think they face Garrett Cole Sunday, uh, Framber yeah, Valdez on Monday, and then Verlander on Wednesday. I mean, well, tough pitchers. And they play Nesta Cortez, which I, I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow he's been or Saturday. This year, so, he has yeah, been, but he's coming know. back to Hialeah. He, he reps Hialeah. On his on his arms, on his cleats. I promise you, if he's gonna have a game, you think he'll have a good start. Okay, he's yeah. Gonna play his and the hometown boost. Look, it. it's possible. And the other thing too, to the Yankee, to the to the point of of the Yankees' advantage this weekend. And you know, I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but the Marlins' strength are uh, those left-handed relief pitchers coming in the game and really shutting down other teams' left-handed hitters. The Yankees' main hitters are Stanton and Judge, and those guys are righties. So it's going to be – I mean, they've been going to Scott and Puck and uh, and Okert and um, and some of these guys, and it's going to be – Skip is going to have to really, you know, put in like Brazaban to get out uh, Stanton and Judge this weekend. So um, hold on your hats. I love <laughs> What do you think of the whole puck situation? Because we were singing his praises the first two months, and all of now he's he's seventh inning guy. He's not even the setup guy. Like Tanner Scott's getting that. What do you say to, about puck? Because I was really disappointed with the way he kind of came back from that dead arm. Yeah, I mean, look, I, there's a lot of different things that you could say. I've talked to a lot of people about it. You know, the, the main thing is it seems like he's lost some confidence since the beginning of the season, but I also think that he's he's beat down. I mean, he looked great his last time out, and maybe he'll you know find his way the second half, but he was used a lot, uh, you know, back-to-back games a ton, way more than he was in Oakland, was never a primary closer until this <laughs> year. I thought it was a fantastic idea, by the way, of, uh, of Skip making him the closer, but I, I thought other guys would have factored into the ninth inning at, at different times, and they really did not. He just kept going to him, and he did the job. But more likely than not, seems to be more of a confidence issue with him, at least from everything that I hear. But I also tend to think he was overworked a little bit because they were just chasing down so many wins early on in the season. It's like, think about it. They're down 4-1. They have no interest in bringing Puck in. Boom, they score five runs. Now they're up. What do they do? Born Puck in, bring him in. And now he's forced in a position to get the save. Went on the injured list, as you mentioned, came back. Um, but let's be honest, his his last outing against the Reds was maybe his most encouraging one in a while. So we'll see if he can build on that. But uh, I, I think the way that it is these days is there's very few closers in the game that start the season at the beginning of the year and run through the whole year and are awesome. And uh, the Marlins are just not probably not going to spend the money to put a guy in that position to be that guy. It's just a rare commodity these days. Craig, I just had a quick question because we recently had uh, we were going through some tough times. Recently had a players only meeting 
And uh, a few years ago, we had one of those, uh, I forgot where it happened, but we had another one of those players-only meetings. You're our eyes and ears. Was it last year? Yeah. I felt like it was longer than that. Jesus. Christ. No, it was last year. Oh, wow. All right. You're our eyes and ears. We look to you. What's the vibe yeah. on the club during that time? Like, Well, last year is a completely different one to the one this year. So first of all, two things. The last year's one was here. Yeah. This year's one was in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, my understanding is this year's one was really not that big a deal and maybe wouldn't have even have come out if somebody hadn't mentioned it on the team. Uh, there was no yelling or screaming or anything like that. I mean, it was a completely different one than the one that they had a year ago. Uh, I, I would say that if you uh, follow, you guys follow the team, if you follow closely, you will know that th- that a team meeting doesn't have Lucas Sims in the game to throw a pitch to Jorge Soler. He hits a two-home run. That team meeting meant nothing to that win. And and I don't think it meant anything to the win the other day either. But it's nice to have those things to sort of set the record straight a little bit. Uh, I, I really don't think that it meant – people could use it if, if they want to use it and say that that's, that's what, why they won the last two games. I don't think so. I think that they just started – you know, Josh Bell hit two home runs. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, was it something in the meeting that happened that, that had it? So – uh, but again, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Cincinnati. So it's hard to cover it from a distance there. But my understanding from the people that I asked is that it, it was not significant. Now, unlike last year's, which was very different and very significant. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess keeping it on a, on a lighter note and, uh, you know, maybe get you to take off the, the, the big J journal hat off a little bit. So in, in your time covering the Marlins, who's been your favorite player to watch and favorite player to cover? You'll have to be more specific, like as far as like give give me a favorite player as far as like just talent wise or person wise or like. Um, I, I guess let, let's go one of each. Your favorite one to watch in terms of, like he he was like that player was just outstanding every time you watched. Maybe there's something about him, and then another one just to cover like the you know the way he carried himself around the media since and, 90, and since like the nineties. Yeah, Going that far back. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, so. As far as talent-wise, I I think like one of the most dominant players I saw was Sheffield, when Sheffield was in his prime and he got traded and it like meant the Marlins were legit in year two of an expansion. They traded for him in '94, and he just embraced the role. Uh, you know, he was he was an incredible player. The the other one was when the when the Marlins were kind of turning the corner again after 99 and 2000 uh, was and I can speak more to him as the person too because he became you know probably one of probably my closest friend that played for the Marlins is Cliff Floyd Cliff Floyd when he when he came in uh, you know he wasn't really a factor on that 97 team but he kind of was part of that next wave before he ended up getting traded right before unfortunately that World Series in 2003. So I love to watch him play, and as and as a person, we we shared a lot. Is like almost like family to me. I would say uh, Cliff Floyd. I, he and I started a charity foundation also many years ago too. So I can speak to him as well. Um, you know, so so those two guys, talent wise, from a hitting perspective, were were incredible. I think you know Dontra Willis the one season that he had out of nowhere in 03 also was fantastic Josh Johnson 
when he squared off against Roy Halladay in that game where they got like 40,000 people there and Halladay, I believe pitched a no hitter and Johnson gave up one hit. It was just, it was like, those are some of the memories that I have there. Uh, And then, uh, and then people wise, like there's, there's a lot of guys uh, along the way that, that I became, you know, tighter with Uh, in the last five, 10 years, Brad Ziegler was one that when he came over to the Marlins, it was like, you know, they sold the team and he was part of this like new era. And he was like, so helpful to me to kind of, cause, cause I, I was very familiar with the, the Loria Sampson era, you know, like I had my ins there and my contacts and there, and then, you know, all these guys are out now, you know, uh, Bruce Sherman buys the team and Derek Jeter is part of this. It's like, I needed to lean on Brad Ziegler to find out like what was really going on here with that. He was just, <laughs> he was so helpful to me with that. Uh, and then, you know, most recently to Garrett Cooper was another one too that that I came to know very well knew his family very well and uh, you know as my son got older and started paying more attention to baseball he became a fan of his got to meet him got to take batting practice with him one time too so that's really cool there, there's a lot there, there there's a lot those are just a few Juan Pierre Jeff Conine Mike Lowell Carl Pavano it's a it's a really long list and we've been fortunate here to have a lot of awesome guys so it's like there's a million awesome guys, and then there's a couple that I would be like, oh, I didn't like them. But there's not many. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really disappointed that you didn't bring up Edgar Renteria. Really disappointed. I really didn't have much relationship with Edgar Renteria. And, and again, that goes back, that goes back to 97, 98. Seven. Remember, I'm a young guy, too, at that time also. It's different for me. And then I'm, I am, you know, in my tw- early 20s, just getting into you – know, you know, gra- I graduated from – uh, high school in 91 so think about that i'm out of the university of florida in 95 i'm back down here doing it's i'm new to the game here so it's different for me but i'm tired of that Look, i'm actually wearing the great council picture we need the edgar and Taria picture to get a little more publicity is what i'm saying uh, that, that's all <laughs> oh, I'm i got saying. you just for, just for him yeah he comes around he's been at, he's been at different events and and i've seen him around he's not he's not a stranger to here like some other guys are and I've seen the I've seen the, I've seen that picture with him like being lifted up like the one that he has like Gary Sheffield. That one, that one, that one's my no, he's favorite. Around. He's around. Favorite oh, Marlin all time. He's, he's been to their reunions and things like that. I would I would say he's not hiding anywhere. Uh, one guy that uh, I, I met him actually on a golf course. That he's one of my all time favorites, just because you'll you'll find out now is um, Jesus Christ. I just had a um, don't get nervous. Man, you're okay. A huge impact. Must have had a huge impact. Yeah, man, he really, he really <laughs> struck you well, to your core. Uh, pinch hitter, uh, World Lenny Series. Lenny Harris. Lenny Harris. There you go. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, he made, he means so much to you. Clearly, obviously. Bro, I, I, Lenny Harris. Lenny Harris was very proud of that pinch hit record he had. Whoa, was he proud? Sure he did. But I did meet him on a golf course, and he was very, he's very, very sweet. And uh, I saw his his no, bag. And- they've had a lot. They've had a lot of great guys come through. Austin Dean's another one that that when he came oh. through. I got to know him real well. I, I mean, I, I know all of them real well. It's just some some in the media I've been able to connect with more. That's probably fair to say. Like, there's just more in common in life. Like, you know, like I like I would say, you know, and Jazz would probably the same thing. Like, I have a great relationship with Jazz too. I think that he would tell you the same thing about me. But it's like I'm we don't have, really have a lot in common. You know, it's, right, it's right, a different right. kind of. You know, so it's it's a different way of. And and covering the game has changed so much too in that sense where, uh, you know, with cell phones and texting and DMs, you could just accomplish so much. 
back back in you know the nineties, two thousand, you had to you had to show up. You know, when when you know the way I came buddies with Cliff Floyd is I would have to wait till after the game. You know, like if I want to be buddies with Cliff Floyd, I'm gonna have to wait till he comes out of that locker room after the game. Now it's just like boom, you just send somebody a text. It's just it's changed. Well, Spaz uh, brought around the picture that um, we thought was in interesting. The spirit of keeping things light. Yes, and I wanted to show it to you, Craig. Tell me what you think of this picture right here. Where's it at? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. How'd you find that? That's incredible. <laughs> so I don't know what you posted this, but my, I mean, obviously, you're, our, I said, you're eyes and ears, you're our Marlins guy. But when I think Look of Craig Mish, Mish, that's a stud right there. That's a stud. Yeah, so so that's the bring story. that back. So my son, I don't think my son was born then. So that was when there was a TV show on Nickelodeon called Yo Gabba Gabba. It was very popular, and and my daughter used to watch it all the time. They had like all these characters, and uh, DJ Lance Rock was on the show. It was I, I thought the show would be on forever. I don't know what happened with it, but they came to South Florida. I think they were at the Broward Center or something like that, and uh, Biz Marquee was part of the show. And and growing up a huge hip hop fan in the 80s, 90s, I was a huge I, I still have the record I could, five minutes. I could grab a, a Bismarcky record from the side of my uh, my turntables over here, my DJ equipment. Oh, and right. I was just I was a huge, uh, huge hip hop guy, especially New York uh, hip hop from the 80s and 90s. And oh, so nobody you're, you're big on Wednesdays and nobody beats the biz. Right. And unfortunately, <laughs> passed away. Yeah. Rest in peace. But no, I I love that picture. And I. I I think Craig missed the hip hop head, you know, like he's very much, very much, very much in the eighties and nineties. I, when I, when I graduated from college, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. When I graduated from the university of Florida, I graduated in 1995 and there, there weren't like a ton of opportunities right away for me to do exactly what I wanted to do. And so I, I started DJing, you know, like I started DJing at different clubs. I, I actually was like the house DJ at an ice skating rink in North Miami. And, and I thought, and I thought for a while, I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe this is just my path, you know, like, and there was a club called Jesse's down in South beach. They were, I mean, I could, you could probably come up with any, any name and say that was a club on South beach. Pete's John's yes. Jesse's Steve's, you know, open for a couple months. Uh, I used to go to the cameo Sunday night or the hip hop night on Sunday nights. I remember I used to. And, and so uh, I was home for a while. I moved back home with my parents in North Miami and I'm doing this DJ stuff. And one day my parents are like, wait a second here. Like we just paid for you to go to college for four years. And you're telling us like, this is the path. Like you have a journalism degree and broadcast degree. So finally I had two job offers and I was sitting on them. One was to go move and be the sports director for a radio station in Iowa, Ottumwa, Iowa. I would have been like the sports person because I knew somebody who was already going to do TV. And it was a, a friend of mine, a girl who was just, we were just friends, but she's like, why don't you go do sports? And I'll go do the news at this TV station. And then I got another offer to go to Sarasota, Florida, and be the one that put the tapes in the machine and recorded the anchors while they were talking. And I wussed out and I went to Sarasota. And that's how it all <laughs> That's how it all started. Have you taken the chance to be the DJ for any Marlins game? Have you asked? Like, you want to be the one running the... No. no. We got to so, make that happen. So, Craig, I actually, actually know the DJ. I know the guy that, that produces a lot of the, the sound stuff for, for, this, for oh. the game. So, when you're ready, yes. let me know, man. We're no, we do it on a Wednesday. Table. Oh, there we there go. There it is, man. 
What we got to do is we got to have you in the booth on Flashback Friday. If you guys are true 80s hip-hop, then you know what this is. No, I'm not true 80s hip hop. I, I, but I, give me a 90s and I'll and I'll call it out. 90s? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good Miami one. This is a good. Uh, here you go. He's gonna pull this out DJ good. Laz Journey into Bass. Uh, are you? No. <laughs> How old are you guys? Do you have How a crate? Uh, oh, crates? Are you kidding me? I got I got <laughs> thousands of records right here. Um, crates. I didn't know we were gonna talk about this, but do, are you guys? Were you, when were you guys born? 85. I was born the year you graduated from high school. Uh, 86. I was born 91. Okay, so this this is a record from 1980s. I mean, this is not one of my favorites, by the way. It's just sitting right here, so I grabbed it. But I don't know if you ever heard 80s. of this guy. MC Shide, yeah, yeah. No, not not I, not I. It's so, it's, Craig, it's, it's, you, it's a little before my time. Craig, you might appreciate this. So my my yeah. wife, uh, one of her holiday parties, which is one of my favorite holiday parties I've ever attended. Um, the special guest, every holiday party, they would have a special guest, like either a DJ or a performer or whatnot. And one of the years, it was Shock G from Digital Underground. Underground. Yeah. yeah. So it was one of the, it was the most intimate. I mean, it's just her company and it's Shock G performing. And I'm going to Yeah. Well, we, we did it all. We did it all. And then, you know, he, I, Nothing But Trouble. I'm sure you remember Nothing But Trouble, the mm-hmm. movie. Yes. The so, terrible um, movie. But the <laughs> same song was in the movie, right? Exactly. So I'm like, I, you don't, you know, even you guys don't even know who you're talking to here tonight. You know, I did not see this. Look at this. Well, that's why I wanted to bring up the Bismarck key because I know it. that you know, you know, Chris, so. very, Chris very in the much. comments, Chris in very the comments, you know, Craig I, is I about that I'm life. Like, you know, not so Nas and Wu-Tang, I think are coming to the hard rock, but yeah. in, in, in doing my, uh, my recon for, for it, I, I think like, for whatever reason, like Method Man is not with Wu Tang and stuff. Like I'm not really sure what they're doing on that yeah, tour. Yeah. But yeah, I oh, I saw them sure. years ago, and it wasn't. It, it was like you get some members, you don't get all the members. I would like to get all the members. Would you like to hear my my Method Man story? I can tell. I can please. tell you. Yes, what. yes, please. Okay. So in 1990, okay, so I graduated in 95. So in 1993. Oh, peak Wu Tang. Uh, okay. Method Method Man. He I don't I think he put out Tikal. I think that was the the, the album they had. I, uh-huh. I he he went on tour and he went to a place in Gainesville called the Florida Theater, and uh, I I went to the TV station from the University of Florida and I said I wanted to do an interview and a story on it. So I was so they were like, okay. Now remember, taking a TV camera back then was like the gear, and then there was like a box with it, and there was all this stuff. So it was me and a cameraman. And, uh, you know, so we go we go to the concert, you know, they say he's going to speak before, you know, everybody there's just, you know, weed everywhere. There's no no chance of any of this happening. I'm realizing very quickly. So the (laughs) so so the concert starts and the audio is horrendous. It's terrible. You can't you can't hear him. Everyone's going pissed off, screaming, yelling. It's just not going well. He tries to start like bring the pain. That's a song like several times, several times, several times. Can't get it going. Uh, jumps on top of like not the person but like the audio board like you just envision him just like jumping on like banging on it pissed off gets on the mic and says all you mfers get your money back drops the mic leaves that (laughs) is fantastic ensues it people are going bananas and we're recording this whole entire thing it's all going on it's all go crazy so so uh, the riot people, police are coming, you know, like it was it was insane. So the next day, the next day, MTV calls me 
and because they called the the tv station they're like did you guys send a crew they're like yeah we sent this guy craig mish so m so the guy so the executive producer for mtv calls will do anything to get our hands on on the footage this on this footage and and so i go of course my cameraman screwed the whole thing up but we got all the audio of everything that he said but the video you can't really see because he's like scared out of his mind i was scared too <laughs> and so we uh so they, they uh so they paid they paid us for it and it wasn't much maybe a couple hundred bucks but i said the only way that i'm going to give you this video is if you uh give me an interview to work at mtv guys like done sent them the video he uh does it i go to new york i flew up to new york and uh, I walk into the MTV. This is the heyday of MTV. You know, it's, I walk yeah. into I walk into MTV's offices. I couldn't have been more unprepared to, to do an interview with MTV. Like, I didn't know what I was thinking I was doing. But like people are like, looking at me like, what is going on here? Needless to say, I did not get the job at the time. But he did honor his commitment. He did. He did. Tell you got me that the interview. And I did that's... get an interview with MTV. So that's my Method Man story. Oh that's man, fantastic story. That's fantastic. And Mike Just B here in the comments, they were playing Wu Tang at my grandmother's nursing home. Wow. Okay. That's there's that's, weed that's everywhere a, there too. <laughs> that, that's a banging nursing home. So we got to get you on the on the DJ turntable at the stadium, either on a Wu Wednesday or on but a I'm flashback old school Friday. guy. Like I got the techniques 1200s. Like I mean, I do I do have um I do have some of the uh, the software. I messed around with it for a while, like Serato uh, or something like that. Yes, I had. So that's what it was. I, I was I was doing Serato probably for about a year, and you know, and and recording some of the instrumentals and throwing them in Serato and trying to come up with like different mixes and stuff like that. But life just got in the way. I mean, every once in a while, I'll turn on the turntables, but I'm embarrassed to say that they don't come on that often anymore. It's just it's just life has has gotten in the way of it. But I did. Uh, several years ago, meet somebody in North Miami, and he was like a, a Techniques 1200s dealer. Where he got these, I have no idea. I didn't ask any questions. It was like in this guy's backyard. It was like chickens running around. I went there. I think I, I think it was like 800 a piece or a grand. They were very expensive even then. But I was like, I'm just like peeling off hundreds. I'm like, yep, I'll take this. I'll take two. And the guy gave me a uh, he gave me a mixer, and then I upgraded my mixer. And um, and, I, and, I, and now now if I use now if I use the turntables, it's just to listen. I haven't really I don't I don't really mix that often, but I would assume it's like riding a bike. They threw me in center field. I probably could do it. We got to get that. It happened. Callie, get your guy. We got to get Craig out there. You're a record. Yeah, I'm talking to my boy, Frank. I know he listens sometimes. I don't know he's watching. Well, we're, we're, we're going to we're going to make this happen. I mean, Nobody would believe it. Friday. I, 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 Friday. I'm not going to lie to you. Before this, I would never have believed that. One, that you were such a big hip hop head, and two, that you just had random crates of records right next to you. you, you I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna even hold on. Let me make sure this is still going. I'm gonna even tell. I'm gonna tell you one more, one more story. I want to share, and then we'll stop. Go for it. Okay. All right. One more story. We got. It's not. It's not a baseball story because it's, it's very recent. All good. And I, and I, and I want to share it, and then we're, and then we're done here because I haven't told this story publicly to anybody yet, but everybody in my family knows because it's just crazy. It's great. So. So in, in uh, so I, I graduated from North Miami Senior High School in 1991. Usually, what somebody says back to me is, "Oh, NMB? No, no, no. I went to North Miami High School in 1991. You probably would not guess that. Just generally speaking, it was it was a tougher school. And even in the 99 North Miami is where I grew up. I mean, I grew up on 135th Street in North Miami." Um, why why i ended up there who knows but that's that's where i grew up 
So, but, but I was able to make a lot of friends and, you know, respectfully again, not, you know, pumping myself up here. I was popular. I was very popular in, at, at North Miami high school so much so that not only was I the vice president of the school, but guys, I was the homecoming king. I was the homecoming king in, uh, in 1995. And, and the, the point of this whole story is, is to tell you the ending. It's not the, for me to tell you I was the homecoming king. Is that I had two queens for, for homecoming. I had two queens, uh, two, two girls uh, of, of different uh, ethnic persuasion. But I had, but I had two, right? It was super cool, and we went out there. I danced with both of them at the dance. Uh, one of the girls, one of the girls went to the University of Florida. We kept in touch. The other girl, after I, I mean, we're talking thirty-three years. I don't know what happened. You know, it's, it's high school, right? Get this. You're not going to believe this. So the other night, I we are uh, we come home from my son's travel game you know, travel practice. And I go on our, our team. We have a new kid on the team and I go on the thing and I just go take a look and he's got the same last name as this girl for that, that was the homecoming queen in 1991, who I haven't seen in 33 years, the same last name. I'm like, is this possible that this could be the same person? And I would tell you it was the same. This woman is was the homecoming queen for me in 1995. I, I gave her the yearbook the other night. We pulled it out. It was an incredible moment to think that that could happen. I don't know if, if you if it means it. It meant a lot to me. No, that's, no, that's, that's wild. Really cool. That's an amazing that's story. Wild. <laughs> and, and and getting to peel the peel the, the layers back on Craig Mish, hip hop head, pimp, like just him. Oh, definitely pimp. was a pimp. I definitely was. Someone's gonna use this video. It's gonna yeah. be bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll give this video out. No, didn't didn't Peggy was a North Miami pioneer? Gotta gotta admit, I was a North but. Miami pioneer. I I, I was uh, the pep rally committee chairman. Look at you, uh, all that all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I came. Yeah. I think I came out to NWA songs. Like well, I was, it was. Oh, it was, yeah. it was a, it was oh, a crazy. Man. It was a crazy, crazy time. I got, I got a brand new love for you, Craig. I'm telling oh. you that right now. Just, just... <laughs> all right. So I know you gotta, you gotta head out. So we just wanted to ask. Was um... there anything on the Marlins that I didn't cover for you? <laughs> <laughs> Marlins. Want... It was a lot more fun. Marlins podcast. we just like to have fun on here. Um, but we did want to know what, what is your outlook for the season as a whole? Do you think if just had a, if you had to put money on it, do you think that the Marlins make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, and do you think it's a failure if they miss the playoffs at this point? Because two weeks ago, when they were 14 games over 500, I would have said it's a disaster if they don't make it. Uh, and I mean, no, I feel like I that's, that's where they'll No, I, I don't think it's a failure if they don't make it. I think you know, if they finish under 500 at this point, I think it would be a disappointment. I would say that that is fair, given where they were to go from 14 over remember Arizona was 14 over two they're 500 right now also so they're not alone in this collapse but at least yeah. Miami's won a couple in a row I, I I can't say one way or the other I I personally do not think the Marlins are going to get the first or second wild card I do, I do not see that I I think it's either the third or nothing that's going to be disappointing for some people because we do not get a home game then if that's the case if they're the third wild card the only way that would happen is if they have a better record than the central winner. And it does seem like Milwaukee is strong enough to roll out with this. So they probably would have to go play a three-game wild card series on the road. Uh, 
you know, against the number one wild card, which I guess would be San Francisco or, or Philadelphia, or actually it would be maybe Milwaukee. Uh, but I think they can get in. I def I definitely think they have a chance to get in, but I just, I, I can't be delusional at this point to think that based on what I've seen the last month, that all of a sudden they're going to, you know, take care of the Yankees and take care of Houston and take care of the Dodgers and just start knocking off teams. Like, I mean, they really had a hard time against Texas. <laughs> like that, well, yeah. that, was a team, that was a team that's here and the Marlins are here, you know? So yeah. what? Well, I think that that's where we realized where they were because when they played the Rays, the Rangers, and who else? There was another American League team that they played, the Orioles. They they basically looked like they're not in that in that level, and that's why against Boston. That Boston sucks. <laughs> they're probably not as good as those other teams, but they're gonna. I think they're gonna. We're gonna know in September because yeah. the August schedule is just murderous. So if they, if they put it this way, if in September they're four games over, they have a great shot, I think, to make it in, in September, if they're one game under, they're not going to get in. That's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, our calling card this, this whole season has been just get to 86 wins. That, 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 I feel like that's, should be the goal more or less. You you, you can sneak into the wild card. Yeah, I, I mean the calling so. card all season has been just win crazy games and come back. Like that's 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 to me what summarized the season. Like I just did not expect. I mean, I could have expected them to have this record, but the way that they've won these games, like I mean, you, you've thought the game was over so many times that they were, they were sure. so to, to come yeah. back and so Solaire a big part of that. Um, yeah, you know, sure. they'll have to make a, a big decision on him coming up. All right. uh, anything else before we let Craig go? Because I know he's he's got a. Get out of here. We we know we know we 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 abused your time here a bit, but uh, (laughs) uh, no. Listen, it was fun. It was fun talking to you guys. But I mean, I'm sorry that it wasn't as much Marlin stuff. But at least, but these stories. This was better. This was better. I will tell you this: this, these stories that I've told you, I have not told anybody else on the air. I would tell you that. So you definitely got exclusive content. (laughs) We can do this again. It's fine. But I really do thank you for your time and thank you for those stories. I mean, that's. That's why I brought up the Bismarck key, man. I know, I know you're a man who knows. So, what? Else? Did you have any other pictures, or that was the only one? No, that was the only picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only well, one we dug up from the archives. Yeah, no, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna find that prom picture, and we're gonna ask yes. you on it. Just know when when I ask you on again, just know it's it's ready. We it's, found what something. I'll, That's what, what I'll I've do is on. before before the next one, I'll I'll I, I let uh, her name is Nighty. Uh, she has the the yearbook right now because she was oh. all emotional. But I will get that. I will get the yearbook back, and I will take a picture of that with me. Like you see my arms with me with the two queens, one on the left, one on the right, and I'll send it to you. And, and right, you guys get that picture. We'll set up another date for this. Definitely. <laughs> I, and by the way, I still have the king's crown. Don't get it twisted. I still have that thing. <laughs> you gotta wear it while you're DJing in center field. We gotta figure this out. I have a DJ name. I, you know what? I actually have a DJ name. Anybody? Could, I'll tell you if you guys could guess it. I'll do an hour next. I'll do. I got I'll it. I got it. I got it. I know what it is. <laughs> you know you don't. DJ Mischief. Oh, thank gosh! You know, I thought you almost had it. I was like, wow. You know, I was going to say that's so impressive. You figured that I out, was but... about to be very impressed. You had DJ, DJ mm, and then an M. You started off with, and I was like, oh my gosh, he knows it. But <laughs> are you going to tell us, or are you going to make us sweat it? You out? guys want to guess? I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Go for it. It's DJ. With the name of a planet. Can't be DJ Mars. Wrong. You get you lose you lose your guess. That's it. Danny, you're out. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> uh. 
This is like immaculate grid. Wait, is, is, is this like a, like a, a Neil Tyson is plant? Oh, get him, get him off, get him off. No, no. It's, it was DJ Mercury. That's right. It was right. Yeah. DJ Mercury. Okay. Right. My B. I, was try- I don't know why I was trying to like connect your name to a planet somehow. I'm like, I don't know why I was trying to get Pluto involved. Neil Tyson said he's not a planet. I don't know. <laughs> I, so, some somebody in the media here used to always have me on, and they would introduce me as DJ Mercury. I am. I am not kidding. I think, it was the sports, I think it was the sports brothers. I think it may have been Jeff Fox. Like so whoever it, it would always bring me on. They're like, all right, let's bring on DJ Mercury uh, every time. I haven't there heard that name forever, Jeff Fox. Well, we're gonna have to see if we can figure this out because I would be, I would love to see you either on a Woo Wednesday or on a Flashback Friday out there DJing with your crown, DJ Mercury. I, 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 look, and we got to bring out the two prom queens too, just and, for, yeah, for full posterity. <laughs> like. I love it. I can scratch. I got you. We'll make you a custom shirt and everything. We got you. So, again, Craig, thanks a lot for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you, Craig. All right, guys. Thanks thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one, brother. All right. Uh, So, let's get into this weekend. Uh, We got – oh, see, I still got Craig on here. Oh, 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 oh. oh right. man, there it is. So, there we go. I'm sorry. All right. So, this weekend we have the Yankees coming up into uh, to Lone Depot, and then we have a series against the Astros. So, we're already 45 minutes into the show. I guess we're not really going to talk about the last two series. We just had some fun with, with Craig. So, let's just get into predictions. So, we got the Yankees, and as always, I like to start off with Mr. Optimistic. Spaz, you said you might be there on Sunday. Should be so, there on Sunday, yeah. How are you feeling about this series against the Yankees? And you know that that home field advantage is going to be tilted one way. So you did bring up uh, Cortez. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm from Hialeah. Uh, I, I do root for the kid because he is. He did go to Hialeah High and all that. And he reps it hard. He does. He does. And let me tell you, he's got a ton of fans like – People who I know personally who are not Yankees fans, like, root for the Yankees because of him. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be tough, man. Uh, I think they're only three games over 500, right? So they're, Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're about the same. I, I'm going to go ahead and say two and one, we take it. Um, I don't think the Nestor game we lose, even though that it might. I don't know. But I think we take two and one out of – two out of three from the Yankees. And the Astros, man – as much as I don't like them and they, you know, they're fucking awful. Uh, they're, they're, they're good. They, they do a lot of good things on the field. So I, I, I I'm going to be realistic. It's going to be one and two against them and hopefully I'm proven wrong. So 500 so zeros, uh, next two series. Excuse me. Uh, all right. Uh, Callie, what are you thinking? Both series are here in Lone Depot Park. Yeah, so looking at the, the Yankees, kind of like the last two weeks, so they lost a series to the White Sox where they got mm-hmm. dominated to the games. Yep. They split a series with the Astros, and then they lost a series to the Rays. All right, the, the Yankees haven't been very good this year. Yeah, no. the Yankees haven't, haven't been very good this year. Um, which is which is strange considering that they have guys like you know and Aaron Judge was out for a long time, 
you know, they, they missed dealt like with injuries. 60 games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's, it's tough, but you know, they're, and then you have guys like, again, like we're going to run into Garrett Cole, you know, we might see Garrett Cole on Sunday. Yeah. Which he's, he's an absolute animal. Um, it's going to be tough and especially how Yankees fans travel. It, it'll basically, if you've been to a game where the Marlins play the Yankees, it's, it's very much a Yankees home game. Um, and I'm not optimistic just because we, we haven't been playing great. We played better now than Cincinnati, but I, I'm not optimistic. I'm going to say we, um, I'm, I'm going to say we only get one against the Yankees. Um, you're kidding me, bro. Come on. Yeah. And I'm going to be painfully honest. Um, I think we'd be very fortunate to take one from the Astros. So I'm going to say two and well, what does that make four. us? Two and Two and four. four this this little stretch out here before our next episode. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm also not very optimistic, much like Cali. Um, the Yankees haven't been very good. Their pitching has been horrible. Luis Severino, he's been so bad that what they tried out uh, earlier this week was they had an opener for him. So he was he was a starting pitcher, but they let him start in the second inning. So they put Ian Hamilton in the first inning, and then they let him start in the second inning because they were like, "There's something wrong with this kid mentally." Because this is because he just can't start off well, and it still didn't work. Then he got lit up in the second and third inning, so it didn't work. He's got some mental issues. He's done. Domingo Herman, he had that one special moment this year, but he's out for the season with alcohol problems. Like the team is. He had a really just, bad situation too. Yeah. In the in the clubhouse, so, from what I read. So it, it's it's been a disaster, honestly. Yeah, well, this is the first time I'm hearing of any of this. I, I didn't even know yeah. you could do a guy in the second inning, like. like what? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's it's really weird, but they just had to try it out because Luis Severino, somebody that they were counting on this year to be their third or fourth guy, and he just he hasn't been able to get it together. So, it, it, pitching wise, they've been a disaster. Hitting wise, they've been disappointing, especially when Aaron Judge was out. Um, I I don't think that that the Marlins take this series. I think they get one out of this series, and I honestly think they get swept by the Astros. I think they go one and five in the next six. Would that kill me yes because if they go one and five we'll go into the next episode next thursday and we will be 61 and 61 exactly at 500 i hope i'm wrong but that's kind of where i see things going because the astros are just the astros right they're the team of the last decade and then the yankees home field garrett cole is is the only good thing that the yankees have going and i think that nesta cortez whatever day whether it be friday or saturday pitches i think he's gonna come out Guns blazing just to rep his Hialeah. And I and I had a question for you guys, and I, I wanted to ask Craig Mission. I completely forgot. And obviously, I know Miggy was a big deal here for those years that he was here. But Giancarlo Stanton, he won the MVP here. He had a special season. Is there going to be any, like, special treatment or, or fans cheering for him? Or is that going to be like, uh, like, is it I mean, like oh, he's, he's here, but it's not a big deal? No, nah, I mean he he was such a huge we saw him grow up. Like he's yeah. he's very much like this generation's Miggy in the sense that we, we well, saw people don't talk up. about him in the same way though. I, we've had we have the we have the retrospect of seeing Miggy's entire career play out. And also Miggy won a ring here. Yeah, um, that's, that's true. But with, with Stan, he's still relatively young, you know, and we, we saw him grow up. We saw him come into the league as Mike Stanton, right? Yeah, uh, we saw we saw him wear black black and teal. He was like he was on the last team to ever wear it. Opened up the new block ballpark and all that stuff, and then he started going by Giancarlo and all that stuff, and just started hitting dingers all over the place. 
Um, and yeah, he had the MVP. He was a home run leader. Like, you know, just, almost at sixty. Yeah, oh yeah, man. We it, he there's a there's a lot of love there, and I love Stanton still, man. Like when I still get jazzed up when he when he hits when he when I see him hit a home run or or anything like that because he's he's you know at the end of the day he's, he's one of us, man. And it's unfortunately it's been the story of the Marlins, right? Like we've had young guys come up with us, they leave and they have great careers, or, or some guys take a pit spot stop here, and it looks like they're gonna last, you know. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just the, the nature of the beast. But I, I do think when it's all said and done, we'll, we'll look at Stan. The, a lot of people are going to look at Stan the same way that they look at, at Miggy. That, like, man, what could have been if he actually stuck around and played with us? Yeah. I, I do think a lot of people have love for Stan, uh, myself included. I mean, I, t- I think I told you. I went to Yankee Stadium, and I went to go see. And when Stan was going up, I was I, I was standing up clapping for him and rooting for him. Meanwhile, Yankee Stadium was booing for him because he was on a slump, and that's how Yankee Stadium is. But I, I, dude, I loved him. My, my wife and I had a little uh, Stanton, like little uh, dollies to sell at the park, and we used to take it all the time. And I love him a lot. And uh, if I get to see him, I'm going to cheer for him. So, no, I, I, I got a lot. Of fun. I think most Marlins fans feel that way anyway. Like, yeah, I was going to say it's not like he's a guy that like left on bad terms or anything like that. Like. Uh, for example, kind of how Hanley went out, like it was kind of like an ugly breakup towards the end there. Like the, I, I know some Marlins fans held some animosity towards him. And there's a couple other guys like that too. But Stan, like we, the, you know, Loria gave him a fat contract. What was it? 10 years, 300 million. Just One for, that he uh, never intended to pay. Yeah, exactly. He did that to raise the value of the club so he could sell it. That was 100% why he did that. Um if you anything, know, we were happy to see him leave. We're like, oh yeah, I don't want to. We don't want to pay this ever. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think, I, and I remember when it happened. I'm like, there's no way he's seeing he's seeing all of that here. Like, it was 100 percent done to be able to sell him to one of the three big markets at the time, which would have been the Yankees, the Red Sox, and at the time probably still the Dodgers. And you know, it, it, it's so I, yeah. I don't think there's any animosity. Like, hey, like if I make it to a game this weekend, and, I, and I'm, I'm very much trying to do that, it won't be on Sunday because Liverpool play on Sunday. So. Um, but uh, I'm going to try and go more than likely uh, Saturday. Um, you know, I, I hope I get to see him. And, you know, I hope I hope the Yankees score one run and I hope it's on a, on a stand bomb. So, well, I mean, I, I'm going to try to make it out either Saturday or Sunday. One of those two days, I'm going to see. Um, and what is that they say about Liverpool? I'd rather walk alone. No. <laughs> <You're rather walking. laughs> All right. So, uh uh, Cali and I not that optimistic going into the, these two series. Uh, Spaz feeling a little more, I guess, a little more optimistic than we are. Not necessarily great, but for the, for the first time ever. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, I think as long as we win at least one game in the next six, we at least stay at five hundred. And then, I mean, things don't get much easier. But I mean, at this point, we just got to stay afloat, right? So we'll see how things go, and uh, we'll see uh, if Brighton is back next week. But any final thoughts, guys? Um, it, August is going to be rough. September is going to be rough. It, I mean, rough. I'm, I'm, I'm here peeking at the schedule now. And, and Craig mentioned when he was on, we have the Yankees, the Astros. Then we have the Dodgers and the Padres. Then we get a bit of a reprieve with the Nationals. We play the Nationals in two different series, sandwiched uh, by a home series with the Rays. And then September again, Nationals, Dodgers, Phillies, Brewers, Braves, Mets, Brewers, Mets, Pirates. It, it's rough. It's rough out here, guys. Oh, bro, it, god damn. Fuck. It, it, it's it, <laughs> Jesus. The my my hopes of 
making a playoff are dwindling rapidly, especially kind of staring at the schedule in the face. But, um, you know, let's just enjoy it, man. I mean, it, it's it's crazy that we're, we're in August now. We basically have, you know, a month and a half left of, of regular season baseball. So let, let's enjoy it. Let's write it out and go to the flat, uh, go to the flashback. I think um, this Friday, I will, I'm kind of like, you know, the, the, the gif from always sunny when, uh, when Charlie day is like smoking the cigarette and he's like pointing to the board and all that stuff. Like kind of like, trying to Silva. Us. Silva. yeah, yeah the Pepe Silva one. He, uh, I'm kind of like that because I was looking through Marlon's Instagram and their posts. So I have a belief that, some of the guys that will be there on Friday and this weekend are Josh Beckett, Juan Pierre, and Derek Lee. So well, they posted something. I, I think Josh Beckett is a sure thing. I hope so. I love Josh. I had his glove. I didn't pitch very much, and I loved Beckett growing up. So my, I think it was my shit, my seventh or eighth grade year. He had a he had a, a Wilson A two thousand that had the dial here that you had to turn it to tighten it. And I made my dad like I begged my dad to get. Him. He's like, you, you barely even pitch. I'm like, I don't care. I want it. And I used to do a thing that you put the glove here and you could just see the eyes. Oh, and I used to bend that bend the hat like with the with like the umbrella brim type of thing. So <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I love yeah. Beckett, man. I love Beckett. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Baz? Uh no, man. Go out to the park if you can, because it's uh it's uh, the, those Yankees fans always take over. <laughs> All the snowbirds they come out of nowhere. I mean <laughs> For sure, like the upper level is gonna be filled. Like it's it's gonna be crazy. So get out to the park if you can, and uh, yeah, man, like, subscribe, come back. We're bringing uh, we're bringing Mish back for a whole other episode in a few weeks uh, with some uh, new pictures. Yeah, we gotta we gotta go drive into those. We we know the high school. We just gotta find the yearbook now. Yeah, no, it, it, it's on. Don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, he, no, he messed he messed up with someone who has access to Miami Dade County Public School System. So <laughs> two people. I'm actually, I'm so gonna, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig my nails into this one. I see I see a bearded fanatic in the chat. I get to I get to join him on Tuesday. That's right. Yes, yes, that's right. Callie will be joining us on the bearded fanatic, uh, the battered Fins fans show on Tuesday night. We go live at nine o'clock. So if you're a Dolphins fan, go ahead and make sure that you uh, like and subscribe to that channel also. Uh, as Callie will be joining us to talk some Dolphins. The other so, fish that break my heart. That's it. So if you were listening on audio and listen all the way through, we appreciate you. Please like and leave a comment, review, all that other good stuff. Five stars. And if you were listening on YouTube, thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you were live and participated in the chat, thank you as always. The chat is always our favorite part of the show. And Craig Mish, again, thank you. Thank I you. I mean, we did, we did Marlins Let's talk go. for like 15 minutes, and then we just went hardcore, hip-hop head, pimp, crowns, DJing, like it's just it was i i loved it i really appreciate him taking the time to join us so thank you for that and uh until the next one have a good one peace